It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. Hey, welcome to another edition of Make the Dough Rise. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Brian Doe, Certified Financial Planner at Livingworth Wealth Advisors. We've got a great show on the way for you today. We're going to be talking about Social Security. Do you really understand it? I hear there is a quiz involved today as well, so a little pop quiz action for us to get into. Can't wait to get into the nitty and gritty of all of that. But first, Brian, we have a lot to catch up on. I think uh, we've had quite a few things happen since our last episode, my friend. Yeah, this has been like a record uh, month of experiences for for the Doe family. It's it's been incredible. That's pretty awesome. So you and took in all varieties, as I understand it, the last couple of months. We've kind of been hearing some some building up to some various activities that you had going on. I think there was maybe a Taylor Swift concert that perhaps has actually transpired now at this point, and a trip out west. Lots of things. Yeah, I, I don't know how I packed it all into to one month, but no I think last time I was lamenting the fact that these Taylor Swift concert tickets I bought, I could have sold for maybe uh, eight to 10 or more times what I paid for them. But in hindsight, obviously I'm a girl dad. I've got three teenage girls and one of them's a super Swifty and the others are, are Swifties and Laura likes the music. But I'm I'm telling you, whatever we paid for that and whatever I could have gotten for it, I would not undo it for anything. That show was spectacular. Uh, I've told everybody that if you took the uh, stagecraft and, and whatnot of a Cirque du Soleil show, the big rock concert uh, stage presence of a U2 concert, the screaming fanatical fans of the Beatles... And Taylor Swift's, you know, fantastic song catalog, and combine that all into one, you you literally got the full full experience. It was amazing. So highly recommend if you ever, even if you're not a huge Taylor Swift fan, uh, I think you would enjoy the show. That's a lot of different experiences to fold into a three hour event. So yeah, that, that's like sensory overload right there, huh? Well, and you could imagine being like like the men were outnumbered at least twenty to one, and the men that were there were either dads, uh, husbands, or or boyfriends. But you can't imagine the energy that a whole we were in one of those raised decks, like the first level of decking up there. And once the you know we are never getting back together song comes on, everybody's just jumping up and down, screaming the lyrics. You could feel the whole like rafters or, or support beams of the stadium shaking beneath you. So it was a, it was a 4d experience for sure. Nice. All right. Very cool. Glad it all worked out well. And uh, it sounds like you need something big there for June, Brian, but I don't know, maybe you already kind of had a little bit of that, uh, that dad treat with your other excursion that you took over the last couple of weeks. I, I did bail out on everybody. I, I did. I had a boy's trip out West with uh uh, four or five friends at, at different stages. We did a uh, seven-day, six-night overlanding trip. And I've talked about the Jeeps and the rock crawling and all that stuff that we've done in the past. This time we rented Toyotas, a Land Cruiser, Forerunner, and a, a Tacoma. And they were all geared up with the tents and the cooking equipment, the recovery gear, and all that kind of stuff. And we went off-grid, out in the desert, into canyon lands, uh, all the way down southeastern Utah from Mexican Hat up to Moab. And and then in, in, we did about a 70-some-odd-mile jaunt through Canyonlands. 
literally saw three people the whole time. And I, I think I, three. I sent you a video wow. clip of some of the raw footage. We'll, we'll have to put some of that on the website for everybody to, to check out or, or send an email when we get that edited. But if you're into the camping and, uh, you know, want to see the national parks and all that stuff, just an amazing, amazing way to see it. Because we, we caught the lull between the spring break and the summer crowd. The weather was perfect. And we set up camp uh, j- just on, on some Bureau of Land Management land, just right outside of, of Canyonlands Park. And as far as you could see it, every direction, just amazing views. The stars come out at night. It's dark. You, the, in fact, we were just past the, the full moon. So when the moon rises up over the desert, uh, it's, it was incredible. Highly yeah, recommend it. That's great. Make sure you're signed up for uh, Brian's email list. Right, Brian? And then maybe you can send out some video of the, uh, of the off-roading and of the trip. That'd be great. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. I'll, I'll make a nice little uh, uh, quick cut of, of all the, uh, the, the best of. If we don't have it ready for the time this episode publishes, folks, so we, if it's ready, we'll put it in the show notes of today's episode. If not, we'll uh, link to it maybe in the uh, in the next episode. So it's something to give you to uh, to look forward to on a future show. Oh, well, that's great, Brian! Lots of activities then. Taylor Swift and overlanding trip, and uh, boy, I'm sure you've got other cool things planned for uh, as the summer continues. Yeah, my cool things now are to hunker down and get caught up on the uh, <laughs> there the, you go. The, the cash flow. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Stop. Stop the outflow a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's key. All right. Well, very good. Well, uh, while you also had a lot going on in your life, there's been a lot going on in the world, obviously, with bank issues and defaults uh, conversations and stock market volatility and all the usual stuff still going on in the financial landscape. Right. Yeah, it, it's been interesting, and uh, the Fed's you know jacking up rates here, and bond prices fluctuating around. That's caused some problems for some of the banks, and you're, you're going to get these kind of issues when whenever we're trying to course correct from. We've had a decade of near zero interest uh, rates for ever since the financial crisis, and, and even a little bit before then. But uh, yeah, the good news is is cash is now paying four point seven four point eight percent on money market uh you can get decent yields on bonds again uh so we're, we're restructuring some portfolios to to go back to some of those asset classes we were very heavily dependent on high dividend stocks recently but um yeah it's uh it's good because you can de-risk a little bit and and still get a decent return these days so that's that's helpful okay very good well uh, shall we jump into the meat and potatoes of today's show social security is our main course and do you really understand social security i'm, I'm curious what's got this as uh, kind of top of mind for you today well i've uh, boy got a story for you or how's the mickey's playhouse boy boy we got a show for you nice uh we i had a case i've studied social security many times i've done presentations on social security i think i understand social security pretty well but with all government programs the complexity and the layers and the exceptions and the you know different provisions they have in there it's truly unknowable and and Second, probably to uh, you know, Medicare would be number one. You know, Medicare is just if you don't have a specialist, we're helping you with Medicare. Uh, even I can't uh, always get that one figured out. Social Security, though, I thought I had a pretty gra- pretty good grasp on. And you've been seeing a lot of uh, headlines on Social Security lately. We've talked about how the the trust fund is scheduled to run out by twenty thirty three and that's two years earlier than it was expected so that's got people a little bit nervous 
I don't know if you've seen the uh, protests and revolts in France. Sure. They had news. to, what happened was, is I, 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 the, basically the same thing that's happening here. They've got a demographic problem. Lots of people retiring, hitting retirement age, drawing on the system. And then they have a shortage of young people who are working and paying into it, you know, coupled with the uh, fact that people are living longer. That's that's creating a strain on the, the funding for these programs. So um, they, you know, Macron just pushed through a increase to the retirement age from 62 to 64. And Macron should have taken lessons from the Social Security Administration and Congress because they did that here as well, but they did it decades ago and they did it slowly and they did it to people who weren't about to be claiming the benefit. So those born after 1960 or 58, somewhere in there, the, the uh, age for full retirement age, and that's, that's the age that you're eligible for your full Social Security benefit. It used to be 65, then it was 65 and some months, then it was 66, and then 66 and some months. And, and now we're up to you know, basically 67 for you know, my, my age cohort before we're eligible for our full retirement benefit. Well, then the other thing that we're seeing is a lot of headlines about, oh, the retirement age is too high, you know, the, the, the Atlantic what I could only call a very uninformed opinion piece uh, says the problem with the retirement age that it is too high. Americans overwhelmingly want younger retirement age. Well, you know, no kidding. Like if you could get a uh, <laughs> full retirement benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Hey Walter, would you rather have uh, your social security benefit at 65 or 60? You know? Right. Yeah. Of course, hey, that's, we're, we're in our thirties. We'll just go ahead and take it now. You know? Yeah. Why not? Heck yeah. I, I think, I think that would be very popular. Most people would yeah. go for that. And, you know, they, they claim, you know, the richest society in human history should prioritize earlier eligibility for Social Security. Well, that's great, but they use that same logic for health care for all, Medicare for all, you know, all, all kinds of, you know, child tax credits and, and whatnot. And, and the reality is, is we, we do have a bit of a demographic problem. We've got the boomers in retirement, uh, the Gen Xers who are a smaller population-wise uh, headcount compared to the boomers in peak earning years, but they, they can't get enough funds to, to keep up with, with the demand of, of outflows. And uh, the, the simple reality, though, is, is we actually have one of the youngest claiming ages for Social Security. You can actually start Social Security when you're 62 in this country. Now, the catch is it is a reduced benefit. So again, if you go back to the full retirement age, whether that's, you know, if you're older, that was 65, if it's 66, if it's 67, that's the age that you get your full retirement benefit. And it's usually beneficial if you can wait and claim at that, at that full benefit. But the reality is, is most people, the overwhelming majority of people in this country start their social security benefit at age 62. Now the, the, the rub is, is that you get a reduced benefit. It, it may be reduced by as much as a third, but you are collecting it earlier. And so if you're unable to work or don't want to work, you do have the option to stop and retire and, and start claiming as, as early as 62. So some of these headlines we see about, uh, you know, we should have 
social security claiming ages that are younger. What would we do? Uh, but it's just, you have to understand the math of how that benefits calculated. And, uh, if you can afford to start early, that is going to reduce the benefit that you receive every year. But again, you do receive more, more benefits early. So it's actually a fairly flexible system. And then on the opposite end, you can delay until 70 and actually take an enhanced benefit. And that intersects then with spousal planning and what, what the best uh, claiming strategy is. But if different life events happen along the way, and this is where we're going to get to the story and the encounter I've had with the, the Social Security Administration comes into play, if you've lost a spouse, if you've been divorced, if you've been remarried, things can get uh, tricky as to what people understand and, and what the benefits are. And if you get it wrong, let's say that you were claiming the wrong benefit uh, for a number of years, or you weren't claiming the largest benefit available to you for a number of years. Well, if you get it wrong, Social Security has unlimited number of years that they can go back and reclaim the overpayments or uh, all payments if you were claiming incorrectly because you had a, a, a one of these changes in marital status or something like that. Whereas if you were eligible for a larger benefit, they will only go back six months in giving you the larger benefit that you were due. So very skewed in their advantage, if you get it wrong, to go back and actually reclaim, claw back a benefit that, that you were improperly applied for. And if you were actually due a larger benefit, you know, they just give you a very token amount of six months to look back. So it's always worth going back and asking them, which benefit am I eligible for? Which one is higher? Am I applying for the right one? And it's a bit of a grab bag. Who you get on either on the phone or in the social security office. I've had some pretty good luck getting on the phone with clients, with people, but I, I do know the laws and the rules. So I kind of know the questions to ask, uh, but I can see how someone who doesn't know what they're doing, doesn't understand all the rules, assuming that social security is going to really work with them and make sure they get the right benefit. You know, it, it, it could go either way. So just, just be very careful. A lot of assumptions about uh, what social security brings to the table. And that's why there's a lot of misinformation out there because we all know what happens when we assume things. And so that's kind of what brings up this uh, the Social Security quiz and and maybe the surprising fact that so many people know so little about Social Security and its nuances. Yeah, well, and, and even if you know a lot, so, so let me tell you about this case with, without okay. revealing any identities here. But uh, we, we had a, a situation where it was a relatively new client and had been married, long-term marriage earlier in life, uh, divorced, but then... I don't know, maybe eight or 10 years after the divorce, at age 62, was eligible for spousal benefits off of the ex-spouse earnings record. Yeah, that's fine. That's legal. You can you can definitely go do that. And in applying for it at 62, you get a reduced benefit. But you know, nonetheless, it was there and, and she wanted to start it. But in the meantime, had started a new relationship. And six months after claiming the benefit, remarried. 
and went down to the social security office and said, oh, I need to change my name, uh, presumably because I've remarried, but they didn't really pick up on the part where she said I've remarried. And so they just changed her name, but didn't change her benefit to the new spouse. And this is where it gets tricky. If your spouse passes away, you can claim on your deceased spouse's record, even if you remarry. But if you divorce, you have to switch to your own earnings record or the new spouse's earning record. How you're supposed to know these, these little nuances, especially the, a non-professional, uh, you know, somebody that doesn't deal with this all day every day, I would think you'd be very dependent on Social Security to help you know, guide you through that process. And if you're coming in for a name change, you know, what's the reason somebody's changing names at that age? Probably 90, 95% has to be from, you know, remarriage or divorce or something like that. Well, Social Security didn't catch that. They didn't advise her correctly on it. Well, then she, from 62 to 70, continued actually working and had a very good earnings record. So now she was a, a, accumulating her own earnings record and own benefit and at age 70 wanted to switch to her new higher benefit and in the process of doing that they went back and looked and said oh you remarried here you were you were claiming on an ineligible benefit for years and now they're trying to claw back no not trying they are clawing back a six figure payment over multiple years that they're you know, saying you weren't eligible for and you didn't properly notify us that you had remarried well we're in appeal and we're going to get a hearing in front of a judge and we're you know contacting everybody we can contact and and the argument's going to have to be that when when we did the name change uh it was because of a remarriage should social security have caught that or was the burden on her to notify them of that and this is where i'm saying if you have a interaction with social security put everything they need to know into a letter have them stamp copy sign and acknowledge that they have received it because they're making notes on their end and they're going to say oh look right here we told you that if anything changes you need to notify us but for some reason the name change didn't they're alleging the name change didn't uh, satisfy the update correctly or something like that. I, I don't know it's in process i'll see where it goes i'll, I'll update you later but they're being very unhelpful uh, about you know just rectifying this situation and, and passing the buck onto her so horror mm. story yeah that is really unfortunate uh not a situation anybody wants to get into there brian so, Brian, does this uh, lead us now to this quiz and, and see how much we indeed really know about Social Security? Yeah, I, there was a quiz recently where, uh, like I said, 69% of these uh, people polled couldn't uh, pass or made a D grade on, on a Social Security quiz, 13-question quiz. And I want to, before I get into that, I just want to point out, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of you know, seven-figure IRAs even multi seven figure, we're entering the age where people have been contributing to 401ks for their entire careers. And 
so these accounts that were maybe supposed to be a, a supplement or a savings or, or a little bit of a benefit in, in retirement to go along with pensions and social securities, they've become the big pillar. And we've talked about that in the 401k trap. Uh, and, and so taxes are the big issue because that intersects with your social security claiming strategies, with your pensions, annuity payments. And uh, so just, just a quick recap on social security claiming basics. Full retirement age, we mentioned earlier, that's the age at which you're eligible for your full social security benefit. We have early claiming as early as 62, where you get what's called a reduced benefit. And you want to be careful there because if you are still working, for every $3 that you earn, they actually will reduce your social security benefit by a dollar. It used to be two to one, I think it's three to one. And uh, there's a, about a 19 or $20,000 threshold below which you're, you're okay. But if you're still working full time, there's absolutely no reason to start your social security benefit at age 62 or three, but before full retirement age, because they will reduce it if you have good wages. On the other hand, you can do delayed claiming and wait till age 70 and get an enhanced social security benefit. But well, what if I'm still working in that scenario? Well, if you're still working from full retirement age on into your 70s, that actually increases, potentially increases your earnings record and may further enhance your social security benefit. So once you've reached full retirement age, no, no problem uh, continuing to work you will get your, your full social security benefit. You will get in uh, cost of living adjustments to it. And if your earnings are better, that, that could enhance your earnings record. Uh, but those, those still will be uh, taxable. So um, be careful there. The big issue, spouses, ex-spouses, uh, whether that's through divorce or, or deceased uh, spouse, be very careful. Uh, you are eligible for benefits, but like I said, you may just wanna make sure you're claiming the right one. Let's do the quiz. Uh, there's, there's, uh, I've kept most of the questions in here. And uh, so play along. If you want to pull out a piece of paper and jot your answers down to this, we'll, we'll reveal the answers as we go here. But uh, like I said, the, the fact is most people still expect Social Security to, to, to be their, their biggest source of retirement income. Uh, for my clients, it's usually a, a portion or, or a supplement to it. But over a lifetime, it can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. So do, do not treat this as a, a trivial uh, component, regardless of your, of your net worth. All right, so let's, let's do this. True or false? In most cases, if I take my benefits before my full retirement age, they will be reduced for early filing. I would say well, that's true. Yeah. So if you're paying okay. attention to what I, what I, what I just said, yeah, yeah that's true. You, you, you can uh, take benefits before the full retirement age, but yeah, they'll, they'll be reduced for, uh, for early filing. So I'm, that, I'm, that I'm too be... wary of trick question possibilities, Brian. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm a skeptic. <laughs> yeah. And, and there, there's no D all of the above or, you know, that right. these have, should have got a 50, 50 on each of these. That's good. Yeah, and, and then the next question was, if I'm receiving benefits before my full retirement age and continue to work, my benefits might be reduced based on how much I make. Uh, I'm pretty sure that one's true. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. So we, we just went over that one as well. And uh, like I said, it's $1 reduction for $3 of earning above there. So yeah, you're doing pretty good so far. I, th I think the primer course is helping you with your Yeah, the uh, primer helps. We'll see how here. we do as we get a little deeper here. 
if I have a spouse, he or she can receive benefits from my record, even if he or she has no individual earnings history. I'm going to go with true again. Yeah, very much so. This this is actually one of the good things about the Social Security program. They value uh, and, and recognize that if you have one spouse working and one taking care of the home, that is a valuable function to society and and to the you know life that, that you had built. And so even if you have a, a spouse with zero earnings record, they're eligible for half of your benefit as, as a spouse. So that's, that's a very good thing. And that remains true even if you've uh, gotten a divorce. As long as you were married for at least 10 years, they don't want you doing a convenience marriage for a couple of years just to get a higher benefit. You, you've got to be married for 10 years. Or if what you're claiming you, you remarry, then you have to switch to the, to the new spouse. But uh, yeah, very, mu very much a thing. Uh, next question says, if I have a spouse and he or she passes away, I will receive both my full benefit and my deceased spouse's full benefit. I'm going for the sweep today. I'm going to say false. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you do get the higher of the two. And that's also true whether you're claiming on the spousal benefit or your own benefit. They'll, they should look at all the benefits that you're eligible for. They will not combine them. They'll give you the highest of, of the ones that you're eligible for. But yeah, if you do lose a spouse, and this is a good contingency planning point, uh, if you're used to having two Social Security checks come in, uh, if one spouse passes, you're just going to continue to have one of those come in, but you will retain the higher one. So good, good news there. Okay, the money that comes out of my paycheck for Social Security goes into a specific account for me and remains there earning interest until I begin to receive Social Security benefits. That's false, right? We're, we're paying for someone else's retirement, which is what has kind of created this whole problem we're in, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember way, if you go way back to like the probably early 70s, they, they used to send out a statement that said, oh, this money's going into a trust fund and uh, it's going to be there for when you retire. And it, it was never true. They had to re, redo the wording on that. And the, it's a pay-as-you-go. That's why we have FICA taxes. Current workers are paying for current recipients. Uh, there is that little bit of a trust fund that they set up, which was was basically a, a special issue of treasury offering uh, treasury bills to fund the expected shortfall uh, as the boomers retired. That's what they're they've they've started going through right now. But uh, yeah, it's, it's pay as you go. If the Social Security trust fund does run out, the projected inflows are only anticipated to cover 75 to 77% of benefits. Uh, but with the voting block that the boomers have, and uh, of course their kids don't want them moving into the basement with them now that they've finally gotten out of their parents' basement, there's two big age cohorts that absolutely do not want Social Security benefits to be cut. So I, I would expect who they may wait till the 11th hour to fix it again, but uh, I would expect some kind of fix for that uh, before then. All right, next question says, if I file for retirement benefits and have dependent children age 18 or younger, they also may qualify for Social Security benefits. Ugh, you may finally stump one on me here. I know there's something along these lines with younger, but I think it's if I, if I pass away or something like that. I'm going to say false. Uh, no, this is actually true. It's true. Uh, oh, okay. You, you, okay. 
Yeah, it depends. If you're if you look at Social Security, there's three components. There's there's the retirement income. Uh, there's a life insurance component, and then there's a disability uh, component to it. And so th- this would kind of fit as the the life insurance where. There is a benefit for minor children of certain ages, and and I, this is an area I'm not. I, I've I've looked at the rules. I know they're out there, but yeah, there actually is some benefit for minor children. So there is a, a safety net. Should be factored into your life insurance coverage question. Uh, it does run out at certain ages. It, it's not necessarily a huge benefit, but there is something there as a. A little, little bit of a backup if, if need be. Okay. Good hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, hopefully not needed, right? Okay, so next one says, if I get divorced, I might be able to collect Social Security benefits based on my ex-spouse's Social Security earnings record. Uh, this one's true and, and surprises a lot of people, right? Yeah, yeah. And we've been, I've kind of revealed the answer to some of these if, if you've been listening uh, to, to this point. But yeah, it, if you get divorced... You uh, absolutely can collect on the benefits of an ex-spouse. Again, if it was the 10 years and if you haven't remarried, you do not have to hesitate to claim those benefits. There is nothing that the ex-spouse can do to stop them. It does not affect their earnings and their benefit of Social Security. Some, for some reason, people get really or if they have a contentious divorce they're like oh, i don't want them to get anything and then you can't stop it you're totally eligible for it you don't have to notify them or make a call but as you're going through a divorce make good notes keep social security numbers dates of birth you you will need those things to to help activate your benefit but uh yeah very much you can you can collect on an ex-spouse's social security earnings history All right, now, next one, under current laws, Social Security benefits could be reduced by 20% or more by, for everyone, by 2035. Hmm. Oh, I don't know about this one. Under current laws? I feel like I would have heard more about this if this was like a a law-dictated kind of thing, or maybe it's saying there's room for that in the law. I I don't know on this one. Yeah, this goes back to that trust fund that I was talking about, and there is a... We're beginning to have more money be paid out than is coming in in FICA taxes for Social Security. And so they've got a 5 or $6 trillion trust fund there. And as that gets depleted, if they don't do things to fix Social Security, uh, it's actually that date has been moved up to 2033 that they're expected to run out. So they've got... Uh, Got about a decade to, to solve this problem before we get there. Again, do I think that's going to happen? No, I, I, I can't imagine they're going to let uh, Social Security benefits drop by 20, 25%, uh, right as you've got you know all, all the boomers in, in retirement voting and receiving their benefits. Not going to happen. Maybe some morphing and changing on the docket, but... Uh... No, not that. Yeah, they're going to have to do some things to maybe they change the wage cap. I, I think this is going to affect earners more than it is going to affect recipients. Right now, at about one hundred and sixty thousand dollars, you cap out of uh, Social Security taxes. They may raise that cap uh, dramatically. So, if you're a high earner, you may be looking at a dramatically higher Social Security tax. Uh, they may continue to try and. Mm, make they they may try to make more benefits taxable like right now above a certain earnings a relatively low earnings threshold probably in the mid 40s 
85% of your social security benefits are taxed. I don't know, maybe they change that to 100%. There's a lot of little things that they could do. But the big one is that wage growth has mostly occurred at the higher end of the wage spectrum. And if you go back to the 80s when they made changes to the uh, Social Security funding projections, actually, they did a really good job uh, anticipating what uh, growth would be, wage growth would be. The one place they got it wrong was in the um, wage growth at the top end. And so the solution to that, uh, unfortunately, for top earners is going to be they, they may have to raise FICA taxes on, on the rest of your income or, or a higher amount of your income. So, so definitely something to watch out for here. But again, I think uh, by 2035, they'll, they'll, they'll do something. Remains to be, maybe they may wait till uh, 2034 and a half to fix it, or actually 20, 20, uh, 2032 and a half, because it, it's set to run out at 2035, but we'll see. So uh, next one, under current Social Security law, full retirement age is 65, no matter when you were born. Uh, let's see. No, that's not true, right? Because it's uh, it's a little bit different depending on uh, certain ages and years, right? There's... Yeah, yeah. We we should have done this quiz before I did all the I, I revealed all this. Yeah, stuff it was to like you something's rattling around my brain that I heard this moments ago about. <laughs> but yeah, th- th- this is a question. This is a question, and these are questions that, like I said, uh, two thirds of people couldn't answer correctly, or they made a D grade or below. But no, it. it if uh, if you were born uh, in the 60s, uh, early 70s, your retirement age has been creeping up uh, to 67 over time. So your full retirement age, you need to pull your Social Security statement, look at what your full retirement age, see when that full benefit uh, kicks in. And it's uh, ever changing for, for depending on you know, what, what years and, and months you were born. So check that out. All right, here's another one. Uh, if I delay taking Social Security benefits past the age of 70, I will continue to get delayed retirement credit increases each year I wait. No, that's when it caps, right? Yep, 70 is the max. You never want to wait past age 70 to start Social Security. There, You're literally foregoing your benefit. And if you waited till 75 to start your benefit, Guess what they're going to say? Ah, too bad. You should have. You should have known. You should have come in and let us know. And uh, they'll give you six months back uh, of the the benefit that you should have gotten. But if you don't start it by seventy, you are one hundred percent leaving money on the table. So definitely don't do that. A couple more here. Uh, Social Security retirement benefits are subject to income tax, just like withdrawals from a traditional IRA. I think this is uh, this is true, right? In, in in most cases, or in a lot of cases. Yeah, this one's actually a big maybe, and not entirely true the way this question's worded. Uh, so, if your income, joint income, is below uh, about thirty five, thirty six thousand dollars, your benefits not taxed uh, from thirty five to about forty five thousand. I'm, I'm, they, they've changed these numbers and indexed them now. They were they were pretty constant for a long time. So I'm. I'm being deliberately vague about the, the the thresholds, but at that level, about half of your social security benefit is taxed. Not meaning that they take half of your benefit away, but half of your benefit would fall into your income tax bracket, which may be 10% or something like that. Uh, then above about 45,000, 85% of your benefit is taxed. So even if you make a million dollars a year, 
15% of your social security benefit is not taxed, the other 85% is. Whereas in the way this question was worded, all of your uh, money coming out of IRAs is taxed as ordinary income. So kind of a trick question there, but uh, the answer is one income level, it's not taxed. At another income level, half of it is taxed. And above that level, 85% of it is taxed, but never 100% as it stands today. So kind of a tricky one there. I'll give you a little grace on uh, not getting that one exactly Thank right. you. I, I did have the qualifier that, it's, yeah, depending yeah, yeah. on the numbers or something like that. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I won't make you go to summer school. Okay, good, good. And the final one is, I must be a U.S. citizen to collect Social Security retirement benefits. I'm going to throw that one in the same category as the last question of like, not, not necessarily like most cases. Yes. But there's, there's, uh, there's a few caveats here. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's definitely some, uh, situations and, and, and some of those may be if you're married to a non-resident or uh foreign national or something like that. Again, this is one I've not encountered a lot of, so I don't know the, the ins and out of, but if you're not a U.S. citizen, but you have uh, a spouse or if you're yeah, maybe a child of or something like that. You know, there, there, there's still a lot of those protections there. So, yeah, but but th- those were pretty basic questions. Those, those weren't down into the the you know some of the nitty gritty details. And like I said, um, uh, let's see, one third, thirty five percent of the people failed that quiz, and thirty four percent made a grade of a D, no better than a D. Oh wow! So only a third of third of Americans could. Uh, could pass that. The one question that most knew was 84% knew their benefits would be reduced if they claim early. And, uh, you know, most respondents did not know how long to wait to, to, to wait to claim. So pretty basic stuff. And, uh, yeah, just, just be careful out there. So Social Security, certainly not the end-all be-all of retirement and financial planning and the planning process that Brian takes you through, but nonetheless, an important part to get right. And so if you would like to talk to Brian and the team at Living Worth Wealth Advisors about your financial plan and want to get a handle on how to prioritize not only Social Security, but all your financial goals and plan for where and how to save, if you want help with investment management, all those kinds of details, you can meet with certified financial planner Brian Doe, who has more than 20 20 plus years of experience through the ups and downs of the market. And don't forget a certified financial planner certification. It's important. It's the standard of excellence in financial planning and that CFP professionals meet rigorous education, training, ethical standards, and are committed to serving their clients' best interest today to prepare you for a more secure tomorrow. To set up a time to chat, you can, in fact, get a free 15-minute complimentary call with Brian and see how you can get some clarity around those financial goals we've talked about. Go to livingworth.com and click book a call. That's livingworth.com. Click book a call. Or you can dial 706-451-9800 to get in touch as well. 706-451-9800. Well, Brian, thank you for all the great Social Security information on the show today. I feel like I did okay on the quiz. Would have liked to have gotten that 100% mark, but I, I, I've got to give myself maybe maybe a B-plus or an A-minus, I think, through uh, through most of those. Yeah, you, you did good. I think you've had the advantage of being a, a super fan of the podcast. You've, you've heard all the previous true. episodes. so Very true. Yeah. Maybe, maybe all our regular listeners passed it with flying colors. There you go. I bet they did. No doubt about it. 
Well, uh, thanks again for your help, and uh, good luck getting caught up on everything. Welcome back home. Sit, relax for a little bit, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you on the next episode. And thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next time on Make the Dough Rise. Make the Dough Rise is brought to you by Living Worth Wealth Advisors with a central office in Greensboro, Georgia, but serving the Lake Country and beyond. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just search for Make the Dough Rise with Brian Doe. You can also visit MakeTheDoughRise.com to listen to recent episodes. If you'd like to contact the show or schedule a complimentary financial review with Brian and the team, just go to MakeTheDoughRise.com and get in touch through the website. Or call 706-451-9800. Thanks for listening to Make the Dough Rise. Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.